0: The title of the message this morning is Living with Contentment. If you think of that for a moment, doesn't that sound so lovely, living with contentment? Would you please say that together with me? Living with contentment. Please turn so along to 1 Timothy chapter six and we will get there in a few moments time. <coughs> Excuse me. As an introduction before we get into 1 Timothy six, I'd like to set the tone and say the following, and please listen carefully because this sets the tone. There is often a wrestling taking place in our hearts between contentment and itching for more. Think about that. Come on, I, wanna, I want you to be real with me for a moment. Don't think about the other person. Think about yourself. There's oftentimes this wrestling between contentment and itching for more, between being satisfied and craving after things. It is a very real thing. We all experience it. It's a very real issue. Don't say, oh no, I never think of stuff like that. Please, afterwards, come and confess your sins in the frontier. It's real. This is what we face. But here's the thing. If we don't manage the struggle, it can severely affect our well-being in life. Some people don't realize this. They think contentment is just a small little issue and they're gonna rather focus on faith. But you know what? If you don't manage this aspect of being content in your life versus being dissatisfied... Your well-being can be dramatically affected. But you know what? Thankfully, God's word has some pertinent things to say on this subject. And so now we wanna open our hearts to the word of God. Can I have a touch more volume on my mic, please? Please look at 1 Timothy chapter six, verse six to eight. It reads as follows. Now, godliness With contentment, what are we talking about today? Contentment. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. Isn't that true? And it is certain we can carry nothing out. Even people that get buried with stuff in their coffins, it just don't go anywhere, if I can put it that way. Verse eight, it says, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. So I see the word contentment in verse six, and I see the word content in verse eight. And when I read this, and read scripture like this, I think, don't you just love the wisdom of God's God's word? Come on, everybody. Don't you just love God's wisdom? You know, sometimes we get jaded in our thinking and we start to get influenced by worldly philosophies and ideologies and we get a little bit messed up in our thinking and then, praise God, we come back to the absolute plumb line of the Word of God and we see, ah, this is how God intended it to be and then there's well-being in our lives. And so sharing on this today, we're coming back to the plumb line. What is contentment? How would you define contentment? In the Amplified Classic Bible, it defines contentment in the following way. It says, uh, defines contentment as satisfied to the point where you are not disturbed or disquieted. And that's found in Philippians 4.11. I really like that. What does it mean if I'm content? In this year, 2022, it means that I'm satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted. I'd like to take you into five aspects that we will look at regarding this topic of contentment. Number one, contentment is a better way of living. Please say this out aloud with me. Contentment is a better way of living. Do you believe that? Look at verse six again. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. I would suggest that you highlight that in your Bible app or if you've got a hard copy Bible, that you circle great gain. Notice those words, great gain. What does it mean? It means that there is great benefit. There is great advantage and there is great benefit in being a godly person who chooses contentment. There's a great benefit to this. And that's why it's important that we talk about this because there's great gain in our lives when we see what God says and apply that to our lives. And so in other words, contentment is A far better way of living, there is great gain. God is not a man that he should lie, and when he says there's great gain, there is great gain. Maybe in your estimation, contentment was uh, not such a big important thing, but I want to encourage you, lift up the importance of it. Because godliness with contentment is great gain. It makes a great difference in your life. May I ask you this question today? Are you content? Right from the back row down to the front, right from the side to that. You don't have to answer this out aloud, but are you content? On a scale of one to 10, where would you put yourself? Would you say, well, I am 10 because I am so content, John. I'm so happy, so content, so at ease. Ah, praise God. You might be somebody that you're closer to a three and you say, you know what, I'm agitated. There are things that are working on me and I have to be honest, I've got such a way to grow in terms of this. You see, the world in which we live stirs dissatisfaction within you. Think about that. It stirs dissatisfaction. It stirs restlessness. It stirs frustration within us, and we are always being pushed to wanting more and more and more and never being satisfied. I think of the marketing campaigns, and marketing, compared to 100 years ago to today, is just an absolutely thriving industry. And essentially, they are wanting to put pictures and images and videos and so on before you and billboards and social media before you that you look at things and you look at yourself and you say, man, oh man, I'm missing out on so much. It's just terrible. I have to have that person's kind of, you know, what they're advertising. And then you look at the models selling some of these clothes and, and they look just totally amazing and look like they've never eaten a Big Mac in their whole lives. <laughs> and you get pictures in front of you which are not realistic. And the marketing campaigns about skin products, hair products, mobile devices. You think, well, I cannot stay with this one. It's been two years now I've had this mobile device. I must upgrade. I have to upgrade. I have to upgrade. They have to see me with the latest iPhone. You think about cars, clothing, fragrances, and this is all put before us. And you know, some of the skin products, what they advertise there is, is amazing. It's like if you take one drop of their little serum, then you will have visibly glowing skin within two weeks. 90% of ladies have confirmed that this is the case. Are you really gonna look visibly glowing after you've had those two weeks of popping that uh, beautiful serum on your skin. Might improve a little bit, but many times afterwards you are dissatisfied. And so there's this push towards bigger and better, larger TVs, thicker carpets, higher definition, more kilowatts in your car. And the world does not breed contentment The world breeds discontentment. Now, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 2 says the following. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Take note, last days. Perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves. This is the culture so absorbed in ourselves that we cannot care about other people. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. Now let me say, as I have looked at the Scriptures, it is my understanding that the last days, listen carefully, will be marked by the greatest time of discontent in all of history. It's heading in that direction for the unbeliever. I wanna say that again. In the last days, it will be marked by the greatest time of discontentment of all time. It's because people are just after themselves, lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, all of this sort of thing. Now, in this crazy world, this dissatisfied world, I have good news for you that God calls you to a life of contentment and he makes it entirely possible through everything that he's given us that you can live completely satisfied and completely content. Come on. Can you give the Lord a hand of praise for that, for what he has provided? We have everything that we need for life and for godliness. He hasn't left us as paupers. And so it's wonderful. God calls us to a life of contentment. It's a much better way of living, and there is great gain in contentment. Don't be fooled into thinking that having more will make you happier. It is a fallacy. It's simply not the case. Listen to the advice of Jean-Paul Getty. He was, at one point, the richest man in the world. He lived in the 1950s and 60s. He was an oil man. His family made their money through oil. He died in 1976. And he was asked what single thing he would change if he had the power to do so. And he replied, I would change philosophy because people should be more content." The way to cure discontent is not necessarily to get more. The old cliche about money not buying happiness is certainly true. Now, this was the richest man in the world that realized when you get to the top of that ladder, you're not satisfied. And basically, he was saying, people should be more content. Don't wait till one day, the point of frustration, till you realize this. You can realize this right now in your life. Contentment is a better way of living. Number two, contentment does not mean stagnation. Say this with me, contentment does not mean stagnation. Some people I've discovered have inaccurate, I believe, views of what contentment is all about. They think that contentment means that you passively accept the status quo and do nothing to change it. They think contentment means you have no vision for growth. You're just stuck there. Well, that is certainly not the case. I think of the Apostle Paul. Do you know that his life testified of contentment? And so the Apostle Paul was an example of contentment, yet this man was full of vision and full of passion to lay hold of the things in the future that God had in store for him. He does not sound like a person that was just accepting the status quo. And I can prove it by saying what Paul said. Paul said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Does he sound like a guy stuck in passivity? No, he's a guy that's pressing forward. Paul also said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead I press toward the goal. And so you have to know that contentment has nothing to do with passivity and stagnation. Get that out of your head. Let me tell you this. I believe that you can be fully content in your rental property, but you have a vision that you're going to own your own house. And God says that we are a people who are a possessing people and I believe God wants his children to be property owners. So you can be content where you are, but you've got a vision. Another example, you can be fully content in your job and yet you can have a vision for greater prospects, knowing that God's gonna take you further or open up other doors of opportunity. You can be fully content with who you are Yet, have a passion in your heart to know Jesus more and more. So let's realize, contentment does not mean stagnation. Number three, contentment doesn't come about instantly, it is learned over time. May I invite you to say this with me? Contentment doesn't come about instantly, it is learned over time. Now, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 4 in your Bible. If you've got your Bible, turn there. And we're going to look at verse 11, 12, and 13. As we look at this, would you please look out for the word learned? Everybody say learned. It occurs twice in this passage. And Philippians 4, 11 to 13, here we yet again have the Apostle Paul. He's speaking. And he says, Paul says, Not that I speak in regard to need, and he has this powerful statement, for I have learned, please say learned. I have learned, I've learned, I've learned. I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. That's what we're talking about. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned. There is the word again. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And it is in this context that he then says in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so we see here that Paul had learned contentment And I ask you this question, have we learned what Paul has learned? God's speaking to you about it today, because I believe he wants to teach us more. But also realize this, that Paul, he went through many very difficult challenges in his life. And that is an understatement, what I'm saying right there. But it's as though these experiences, they actually taught him to be content. Maybe Paul wasn't so good at being content at first. Maybe he struggled in this area, but after a while he grew and he became a leading example in terms of contentment. And the same thing applies to you and I. As we face situations which are not pleasant, which are hard, which are challenging, we have the opportunity to learn. But you know what? If you don't have the right heart attitude, you will become bitter. But God really wants you to become better through those experiences and learn contentment that you can come into agreement with what Paul says and you can say, you know what? I really have learned to be content but I believe it all starts with a choice. Please tell your neighbor next to you, it starts with a choice. Tell them that. It starts with a choice. And you can only grow grow in a given area if you've made that choice firstly, but then you begin to move in that area of greater contentment. And then only once you've made that decision, then you need to allow yourself, be kind to yourself to grow in that area. Let me say to you, if you are not yet all that great at being content, that's okay as long as you are learning. And I say that to myself as long as I'm learning and as long as I'm growing in all of this. Can I get an amen? amen? Won't you please tell the person next to you, be patient with me. I'm still learning. Tell them that. I'm still learning. I'm still learning to be content but I am growing, I am learning. Number four, we can increase our contentment by giving thanks more often. Please say this with me. We can increase our contentment by giving thanks more often. Isn't that so true? How many of you can say, in all honesty, you do see yourself as a thankful person. Raise a hand if you feel you're a thankful person. That's wonderful. really is wonderful. You see, when we are thankful, we are actually acknowledging God. When we are not thankful, we are operating humanistically. We think I'm a self-made man or I'm a self-made woman and it's only my work that's gonna get me anywhere in life. Oh, that's not good. But when we are thankful, we are actually acknowledging God. We are recognizing, yes, in fact, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, and so we are acknowledging, and when you're acknowledging like that, it begins to grow your contentment because you thank Him. You're acknowledging. You're realizing, I'm not a self-made man. Everything I have, God has given to me. Praise God. Listen to this. There is no happier person than a truly thankful person. They are much more content. Would you agree with it? I think of my aunt. My aunt lives uh, down in Still Bay in the Western Cape, and uh, she's on in years now. In the earlier part of her life, she went through a very, very, Terrible marriage. It wasn't an easy situation. It was emotional abuse and all sorts of things. It was very difficult. Praise God, later on, the Lord provided a wonderful husband that cherished her and that loved her. But you know what? Through the challenges that she went through, she began to enjoy and appreciate the little things in life. She started to be grateful for the small things and the big things, and this began to affect her that over years, she literally started to change before our eyes, and suddenly you saw a radiance in my aunt's face. Her name is Garnas, and she listens every Sunday to uh, the, the broadcast from here, so sending you love to my auntie. And so it's amazing that she's grateful for every blessing. You know what? This is a wonderful way of living. This is, this is breeds contentment. And people around her that come and visit her, that are a bit grumble grits and so on, spend a little bit of time with her. And before you know it, their spirits get lifted as well because they see a person who is truly grateful to God and she loves God. Can we thank the Lord for that? Amen. Your first part of your life might not have had any of this rejoicing and contentment in God. I want to tell you today, things can begin to change, even right from the hearing of the Word. And you can begin to see in the years of your life that follow from this point, so much joy and contentment. God wants to do it in your life. Come on. Amen. A thankful person understands that joy comes from what is inside of the heart, not from your circumstances. You see, some people are saying, well, if I can just get rid of this boss of mine, who is an absolute whatever, whatever, uh, then I'm going to be happy when my circumstances change. Or if I can just get out of this debt that I'm in, then I'm going to be happy. No, that's a lie. It comes from within your heart. God has placed the capacity there for joy, unspeakable and full of glory. So stop waiting for something to change. I do realize that sometimes in our life, we've done certain things and we need to work at bringing about greater peace and order in our lives. I get that. But on the whole, this starts in the heart. Amen? Amen. Point number five, this is the last point. Contentment is rooted in deep trust in God. Say this with me, please. Contentment is rooted in deep trust in God. Hebrews 13, verse five says the following. Now, by the way, if you can turn there as quick as you can, I'd encourage you to do that. Hebrews 13, verse five. It says, this is very important. Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content, what are we talking about, contentment? Let me read it again. Let your conduct be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I wanna point out something which maybe you didn't see at first glance. I find it fascinating that not coveting And being content appears side by side in the same verse. It's as though they could always be used interchangeably in that situation. Not coveting, being content. They're right next to each other. Have you seen the correlation between this? Maybe this is a revelation for some of you. Not coveting. And being content, they are so closely connected. Now, not coveting, do you realize this takes us all the way back to the 10th commandment. And maybe if we look at the 10th commandment, I'll just read it to you, we can learn something about contentment by revisiting the 10th commandment. Listen to this. Exodus 20, verse 17 is where we find the 10th commandment. It says, you shall not covet Sorry. Your neighbor's house. But you say, Lord, they got a nice house. <laughs> Lord, they got a nice swimming pool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, they got solar panels on the roof. Can I just covet the solar panels, Lord? And, and God says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. Okay, Lord. I'll say it. I'll say it. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Muy importante. Very important. Nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey. You say, "Ah, oh, that's easy. My neighbor David doesn't have an ox, doesn't have a donkey. they got chickens. I'd like to ring their necks, but anyhow. Nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. This is speaking to you, child of God. You say, well, I don't, you know, long for any ox or donkey, but, you know, the Ford Ranger that's parked (laughs) next door. uh, You know, that that, that latest Hilux Special Edition or that that BMW, uh, you know. Come on, this has been real. God is talking to us today through his word. But as I read this, I thought, goodness me, God sure knows how Important contentment is to your well being and to my well being, and so that's why. God said that you know when we're gonna live on the planet together, if we're gonna live together in peace and harmony and so on, there's this big thing that people need to understand. Stop looking at the person next door and what they've got. And I wanna tell you that's a word of God for you today. Stop looking at the person next door and coveting and desiring and realize God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Realize He's looking after you. Realize you are so blessed Come on, you are so blessed. But going back to Hebrews 13, verse five, I am drawing to a close here. Hebrews 13, verse five, notice another part of the verse. In verse five, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, and this is the reason why, for, He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, we have to have our eyes on the source. Church, the Spirit of God speaking to you. We have to have our eyes on our Father, on the source. And you know what? This is tremendously encouraging. It means that we literally, according to Scripture, do, need to, do not need to worry about possessions because God will take care of us and we can be secure and content because He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. That should provide for the greatest contentment of all time. The greatest contentment injection is that God has got your back. He is taking care of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. And this reminds me of Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, verse 25, therefore, the Lord says, therefore, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or your body, what you'll put on, for your heavenly Father knows, child of God, today He knows what you need. He knows you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God, realize that there is the one who will never leave you nor forsake you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us. And so it makes me realize that God has got it all covered. Hallelujah. Listen to this statement as I'm drawing to a close. Contentment is an inner attitude of heart and a placing of one's trust in the Lord. Contentment is an inner attitude of the heart and a placing of one's trust in the Lord. Contentment's not too difficult to understand. And so God says, you just keep that attitude. You just keep that attitude in your heart you're not gonna be looking at this one and that one. You're gonna choose contentment and you're gonna trust me. And God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you and I will provide for my people. We've been talking about living with contentment. Just to recap, number one, contentment is a better way of living. Two, contentment does not mean stagnation. Number three, contentment does not come about instantly. It is learned over time. Number four, we can increase our contentment by giving thanks more often. And number five, contentment is rooted in deep trust in God. And so I want to end off uh, saying to you, child of God, let us cultivate a spirit of contentment in our lives. Come on, church, we can do this. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, you can do better than that. He's taking care of you. He's your faithful shepherd. Hallelujah, please stand. Please stand together, let's pray. Father, we just say that we love you. Thank you for all that you have done in our lives. And Lord, we specifically just say, in this area where we may have been focusing on on things and, and desiring things that weren't really according to your plan, Lord, we just take our eyes off the things of the world we take our eyes off of coveting this person or that person and we center our hearts and our souls and our minds on you and we say thank you lord that you are our faithful shepherd and you will provide for everything that we need our eyes are on you our trust is in you and now we just say we love you jesus won't you just say that i love you jesus now, I bless your people. I say the Lord, bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace. You all say, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord another hand of praise. God bless you.